start. Let's see. So we are uh, entering Acts 27, and Paul is going to be continuing his journey. In the past few chapters, we have seen how uh, we've kind of underlined the one passage about our Lord standing next to Paul and uh, telling him that he's going to be going all the way to Rome because that was God's will. And so now we're going to encounter... How the rest of the story about how he gets to Rome. So let's start with prayer and then start reading. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Christ Amen. our God, open our hearts and minds to your holy word. Illumine uh, the path that we have before us. Illumine our actions with a will desiring your kingdom that we may be able to discern you in all things through the prayers of St. Paul and of all the apostles. O Christ our God, have mercy upon us and save us. Amen. Amen. Who would like to start reading? I can. All right, Erica, will you read the first 12 verses? Sure. And when it was decided that we should set sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship and embarking in a ship of Adramitium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast to Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in at Sidon and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. And putting to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra and Lycia. There the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Snidus. Uh, and as the wind did not allow us to go on, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Salmone. Coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, which was with, near which was the city of Lacia. As much time had been lost and the voyage was already dangerous because the fast had already gone by, Paul advised them saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only, be, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the captain and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to put to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, looking northeast and southeast and winter there. Let's keep reading here. Will you read? I just go ahead and do 13 through 37 or 38, and then we can pick back through it. But Okay. And when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete, close in shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the north northeaster strike down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven. And running under the lee of a small island called Cadua, we managed with difficulty to secure the boat. After hoisting it up, they took measures to undergird the ship, then fearing that they should run on to the Sirtis, uh, they lowered the gear and so were driven. As we were violently storm-tossed, storm they began next day to throw the cargo overboard, and the third day they cast out with their own hands the tackle of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many a day and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was, the last, was at last abandoned. As they had been long without food, Paul then came forward among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and should not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. I now bid you take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. 
For this very night, there stood by me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And lo, God has granted you all those who sell with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we shall have to run on some island. When the 14th night night had come, as we were drifting across the Sea of Adria, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they sounded and found 20 fathoms. A little further on, they sounded again and found 15 fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let out four anchors from the stern and prayed for the day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day you have continued in suspense and without food and having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food. It will give you strength, since not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said this, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 226 persons in the ship. And when they they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. All right, David, will you interpret some of this ocean stuff for us? (laughs) 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 Since you have experience in a boat. My my understanding. I just, I guess I have a question that you may, I mean, these are a very different boat, I'm going to guess, <laughs> than anything you're on, or maybe not. No, 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 a boat's a, bo- uh, a, boat's a boat, a ship's a ship. When they say they took measures to undergird the ship, what I'm understanding that to mean is that they r- secured the hole because they were afraid it might go run aground or run, run onto rocks or something? Yes. Okay. But when they when they threw over the tackle, that really blew me away. When you start throwing over tackle, boy, you are in deep deep trouble. You really you really are. You really are. You never throw over your tackle. Uh, yeah, because that's how you control the boat. Exactly. Why? What would what would drive somebody to throw the tackle off? Weight? Because they're the weight. They're trying to light the boat as much as they can. You've got to remember that the, that these boats were so close to the water line. I mean, you're talking about a yard. Yeah. If you're if you're lucky. And in in a rough sea, a yard is that nothing. Is... It means you're constantly underwater. The boat will continue to float, okay, but you're basically all the time underwater. So you want to you, so you're constantly wanting to lighten the thing as much as as much as you can. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so, there you know, was that makes so, sense. So first, you know, so first the cargo goes, uh, typically, and, and and then uh, and then, but then usually uh, uh, back in the day, think back to Jonas. Usually back in the day, uh, 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 people started going overboard. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the crew would throw people overboard. Uh, because you want to save your tackle to continue to control the ship. But I would imagine at the time they threw their tackle over, they were probably in currents. At what point did they throw the tackle over? After they threw, they undergirded. This is uh, verse 17 and 18. But where were they? What island? Where was that? I'm looking for it. Cauda. Cauda. So my guess, do you want me to look up on a map? I'm looking at a map, actually. there it is you see this picture i see the picture but that doesn't tell me where it's located okada's on oh oh, okada's an island off of crete and there's fair havens but look at that 
I've been to Crete. Yeah. I was, okay. you see Hanya right there? That's where I f- flew in to Hanya. Oh, yeah. Well, Paul didn't have that option. No, he didn't. That's where they needed to go, though, right? Oh, they wanted to go to Phoenix. Mm hmm. Yeah, but you see where, uh, you see where they where they start throwing tackle. If you go to now, I'm I'm looking at a a, a map. I don't know what this BibleStudy.org. Uh, and, and 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 you can see if you if, if you look at it, you can see where that's at that point. That's where they begin to lose control. And and the ship the, the ship is moving all over the place. And so I assume what they're doing is they're holding on to the current. Right. And just enough sail to be able to steer them into where, where wherever they can until they get to Malta. So. See Bible Atlas. Man, that's a map made in the eighties. Bible <laughs> Mapper three point oh. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, what I looked for was Apostle Paul's uh, uh, journey to Rome. Sea journey to Rome. Hmm. It's interesting how they avoid Greece. I wonder why. Yeah, I'm pulling up a... Oh, my... Oh, look, there's a Dormition of the, the Panagia Mon- uh, Chapel Church. <laughs> that helps. Ancada. That's funny. Of course, there's a bunch of churches there. I'll bet. Well, Crete is full of churches, is it not? Yes, it is. Kisamos and Hanya and Heraklion, those are the places I was at. So there's a bigger. Oh, wow, that even has. We can see there underwater. You there you go. There you go. There you go. But you see, they are sailing almost so the, due, due west yep. of, of, of Crete. And I think that's what I think is so curious is, is why didn't they go up to Greece? You would think they would go out to Greece and go across the Baltic. They were they were way out in open water. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, that uh, fulfills my sea captain my my seaworthiness or something mm. so basically they were out in the water for a long time paul tells them you, you should have listened to me because <laughs> they wouldn't listen to him well why would they i mean paul is just a guy and they're they're listening to the the captain of the ship and the sailors but it's interesting that because of what Paul said, they eventually listened to him. Because by the time the sailors decide they're going to try and sneak off the boat, Paul tells the centurion and the soldiers, and they, they actually listen to Paul and take care of that. And the part that really jumped out at me, and there's if we want to talk about the earlier things, that's fine, but I feel like it's still just kind of narrative to get us to where we need to go. Um, Paul taking food on the 14th day and taking bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. The faith that he shows, I mean, I would be freaked out on the first day of being, you know, when they threw the tackle over the car, when the tar- cargo started going over, I'd probably be a little uh, bugged out. There's nothing like being out on water. I mean, I was just in the Gulf a few, well, I guess it's a month now. 
and not that far. And just the imagine, just imagining not having a motor <laughs> or, you know, just water is powerful and dangerous stuff. I and he's it. able, I loved it. Well, that's the difference between you and it's me. No, David. It's no fun. If you got a motor, But that he's able to, after all of this, to give thanks to God. That, that's some faith. You all have any comments or impressions from this? And when he said this, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. 30, uh, verse 35. Yes, sir. Well, it sure did remind me of somebody. Yeah. Who would that be? Lord. Who gets into boats and calm seas and who feeds oh, yeah. people? Yeah. 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 And, and taking bread. I, I, it's, I'm almost surprised it doesn't say he took the bread and broke it. And, uh, but that's probably assumed because that's what you always used to do with bread. You, well, it you, says you, he you, took you, bread, giving thanks to God in the presence of all, and he broke it. Of all, he broke it. Yeah. Oh, that does say that. And give me thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke and began to eat. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so there you go. It's like Emmaus, you know. And it's also, it reminded me of the feeding of the 5,000. Yes. Yes. You know, and they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. I mean, because he goes out to point out there were 276 persons in the ship. Uh, so, That's a good point. Well, so the the echoes of the Lord are very, very strong in this. Yeah. I also find I, it just jumped out at me, probably because it was the last thing we read and my head was thinking about the earlier things. In verse 38, when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. That to yeah. me seems to be like an ultimate sign of faith, right? Yes. Now we're throwing out the food, like the way that we can make some food or at least some gruel or something. I don't know how much they would have lightened the ship by throwing out wheat, but that's... <laughs> probably a lot. They probably carried a lot of wheat. Yeah. Well, nobody died. So, yeah. Erica, will you again finish? back back in that time? It was you know you, you ate bread, you ate what you could catch. Yep. You know, Erica, could you finish this chapter for us? Sure. Now, when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to bring the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea at the same time, loosening the ropes that tied the rudders then hoisting the foresail to the wind they made for the beach. But striking a shoal, they ran the vessel aground, the bow stuck and remained immovable and the stern was broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion wishing to save Paul kept them from carrying out their purpose. He ordered those who could swim to throw themselves overboard first and make for the land and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all escaped to land. Paul always does a good job. Uh, hello? Yeah, I think we lost him. Be interested what he's going to say. I suspect he's going to say Paul does a good job of narrowly escaping. Yes. <laughs> he does every story. Paul gets away by the skin of his teeth. He should have been stoned and should have been burned and should have been killed. And you must be the secondary host. I guess I am. Oh, well, yes, I am the host now. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, explain it all to us then, Erica. Uh, I'm here to learn, not to explain. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, my father said that about sleeping in boats. I, uh, I looked up at uh, my New Year's Eve resolution that I stole from somebody else. And I just kind of keep it around all year round. It says, this year I want to be more like Jesus. Hang out with sinners, upset religious people, tell stories that make people think, choose pop unpopular friends, be kind, loving, and merciful, and take naps on boats. <laughs> I love that. Love it too. I love it too. Take naps on boats. Yeah, I love the story of the storm where the disciples are panicking because the boat's about to go down and Jesus is in the bottom of the boat sleeping. <laughs> he just he just he's sleeping. Everybody's everybody's in a panic. Everybody's in terror. Everybody's running around going, We're gonna die, we're gonna die. And there he is. He's just sound asleep. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely be the one up top. Um Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that's why in Acts, like, again, you know, Acts, it's just Paul seems so similar, you know, in so many ways. Oh, uh, father has lost internet. Oh. I mean, has he lost it completely? Is he going to be able to come back? <laughs> I'm assuming, I don't know. Um, hopefully. Oh, there he is. Good. The internet just died and came back. There you go. Hello, hello, computer. <sighs> Let me. By the way, Father, while you were gone, I looked it up, and and, and yeah, uh, undergirding. Yep. Is is uh, kind of what I thought it was. It's passing a cable several times under and around a ship and tightening it on deck. And the point of that is, is to, to is to keep you know to keep the planks and the timbers from separating in a, right. in a gale from from breaking apart. Right. The contemporary term is frapping, and that's what I'm more familiar with. I've heard of frapping. Ah, uh, I love okay. me a frappe. Yeah, but I was uh, gonna say that sounds like a uh, Starbucks term. Oh, <laughs> give me a Greek. I need a Greek frappe. Ooh. Well, the people, and then Starbucks was uh, uh, Ishmael's first mate, and Moby Dick too. Also, another story about a boat. <laughs> of course, people don't frap anymore or, or undergird anymore because they all fly. They they all go around on these uh, plastic boats. Yep. Which is a sin because if God intended us for us to sail in plastic boats, He would have made plastic trees. But anyhow. Uh, that's a Radiohead song. So, okay, is it <laughs> fake plastic tree? Yeah, is it really? Yeah. Wow. We're we're coming all the way back around. Yeah. Well, that was actually uh, 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 cross stitched on a piece that was that that was secured uh, to the hull on the inside of a boat that I a, a wooden ship I sailed from. Uh, 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 Key West to uh, Panama. It's an old sailor thing. Well, old as old as plastic boats. Fake plastic trees, Radiohead. Yeah. Oh really? Oh. The green. I, I mean, I'm not gonna start singing it, but I haven't listened. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Shiny. So somebody put up the book of Acts. Well, that looks interesting. I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> Should we get to the Knights of Malta next? Yeah, the Knights of Malta. <laughs> it's a little early for the Knights of Malta. of Malta, isn't it? It's where Paul founds the Knights of Malta, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Either of that, or first makes malt scotch. That was when he got to Scotland. <laughs> All right. Um, David, will you read the first nine, 10 verses of chapter 28? Sure. After we had escaped, we then learned that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all. 
because it had begun to rain and was cold. Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire when a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They waited, expecting him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune came to him, they changed their mind and said that he was a god. <laughs> now, in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. And Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had disease also came and were cured. They presented many gifts to us, and when we sailed, they put on board whatever we needed. So you almost lose everything at sea. Well, you lose basically everything at sea. Mm -hmm. But you got your boy Paul with you, so you can recoup everything. Because he's just going to uh, shock and awe all the local natives with his godlike abilities. Every place they go. Well, never mind. I, I was thinking of Greece. This seems like they're kind of, there's a little bit of a, I don't know. This isn't Ephesus. This is a middle of the, like a small island in the middle of the Mediterranean. So. Yeah. It is interesting how quickly this reminds me earlier in Acts where they're bowing down worshiping Peter and you know stand up because like no we're just a man like you know don't do this. Right. Now we have natives who have this very I wouldn't say naive but empirical understanding of how things work. It's like, well, justice, fate has occurred. He is now going to die because he got bitten by a snake. He doesn't die. So, naturally, he's a god. Wouldn't that be the case if you survived a poisonous snake biting you? Yeah, but I wonder, I mean, I haven't looked it up or anything, but I wonder just how primitive the people of Malta were because it is just south of Sicily. Yeah, I can't imagine. So I, don't, imagine. I don't imagine that they're like, how would I say? They obviously have probably, I mean, they're, they're governed by, well, it just says chief man of the island. I mean, this is also one thing about this. Is, so this is going to be sound weird, but this is kind of close. Just a lot later. When Napoleon growing up at Corsica, there was definitely an idea, and this is even in the island of Crete, where the empires of the major powers at the time, they take the harbor, they take the big city, but they don't go up into the hillside. Yeah. Because you're going to spend a lot of energy and people to do, get not much because <laughs> they're just going to go back further up into the mountains. So it might be that they, you know, they had uh, contact with the bigger civilizations, but how far that actually like sunk in, I don't know. Especially since the, they have a chief man of the Island. He's not brought to a governor. Like in Jerusalem, you've got governors. He's now he's dealing with the chief man. But uh, it, it, it was governed by the Romans. Mm-hmm. What do you all make of this? Another, you know, kind of being saved from death by a snake and then being able to heal. And then from this, basically God's providence, they are allowed everything to put back on the boat, even though they'd almost died. Well, being, being bitten by the snake, the viper, mm -hmm. resonated with uh, 
what is it? We just had a reading the other day. The reading, is it in Luke? The one in Matthew, I think 16 or something like that. Where, 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 you know. The uh, end of Mark has it. Yeah. Okay. But about snakes and poison. Yep. You know that our Baptist friends, well, some of our Baptist friends love so much, the primitive Baptist do. Yep. Nat Geo had a show about that a few years ago. Say what? Nat Geo had a uh, show about National Geographic. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yep, sorry. I'm not very Nat Geo. I'm like, what are we talking about? We got sophisticated. Uh, who's who's, who's Matt? I don't know Matt. <laughs> he drives a Geo? Man. <laughs> Geo. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. But anyhow, they, they had a show about what? About, about uh, snake handling? Yeah. yeah uh, snake Salvation or something like that was called. But yeah. Is it Sand Mountain? Is that the book about the snake handling? Sand Mountain or something like that? Like Found Faith on Sand, Sand Mountain? Something. That's like an award. That's an award-winning book. That's about a guy who did snake like went up, and it's not done. He's not going up there to be like you know, I'm gonna write my New York Review of Books like essay about how these guys are a bunch of rubes. <laughs> Salvation on Sand Mountain by mm. Dennis Covington. Snake handling and redemption in Southern Appalachia. When I was a, a reader in the Episcopal Church one Sunday, uh, I put a rubber snake on my uh, on, on the pulpit with a note that said, can you handle it? <laughs> oh, everybody at St. Francis said, uh, <laughs> let's get the canticle of the sun and the moon out. <laughs> He thought one of his kids did it. Should we keep reading? Let's get let's get Paul to Rome. Yeah. After all this deep theological discussion we're having tonight, yeah, let's get into. Well, I, I I blame <laughs> I blame Luke. <laughs> the last few chapters, I feel I'm like, all right, I'm probably missing something, but nothing's really jumping out at me. The first well, I, I feel, I feel the same way. This is just—it just feels like travelogue with you yep. know. It's the yep. uh, section of the trees from Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. <clears throat> I haven't got that far yet. I'm—I—I I have a confession. I've never read Lord of the Rings. You That's have okay. not read Lord of the Rings. I thought you were Orthodox. <laughs> yeah, because I read Basil and Chrysostom. <laughs> well, you know me. I, I listen to I, I listen to Father Damick and and uh, 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 Father De Young, and I thought from listening to Father Damick and Father De Young that you had every all Orthodox had read Lord of the Rings, including Father Stephen. You know, it's, I thought we all read Lord of the Rings. I'm working on it. I'm reading it every night to the kids. Okay. Uh, Even though Ellie's way far ahead, well, Ellie's wet, read way more of the Lord of the Rings than I have. Yeah. Well, I I promised myself I'm going to do it again. It's been years. I promised myself I got to read it again, but I also promised myself I'd finish Dostoevsky first. <laughs> which one? So it may be. Which one? I'm I've read. Uh, I have read. Uh, 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 I've read Notes from Underground. I have read, uh, uh, shoot, Crime and Punishment. I have read The Idiot. I am reading. I am reading the The Possessed. That goes by a lot of titles, but my preferred title is The Possessed. Now that I've read so much of it, I'm almost half. I'm over halfway. I'm halfway through it. The Possessed, and then of course it'll be the Brothers Karamazov, which I have, which which I have read twice. I have read at least once before. And I actually have uh, the, you know, the chapter, the Grand Inquisitor. Mm -hmm. Penguin Paperbacks put that out as a separate book. Oh, wow. I've got that on my bookshelf right over here. 
And I read that every once in a while. It's a... I got a question for y'all. Uh-huh. Y'all realize this is the last chapter of Acts, right? No. No. This is it. This is it? This is it. We're almost done. I thought we were just getting to the good part. We are. Paul's about to get to Rome, but guess what? What? When I press this button, we're in Romans. Whoa. And that's... uh. That's all, folks. No, that's... uh. Reed is going to pick up Romans, right? That's what, that's what we talked about. Okay. I don't know if he realizes... <laughs> That that's next Wednesday. <laughs> he should have been here. <laughs> should we wait on this last bit to go over with Reed next Wednesday or finish? Oh, now you're going to make me feel guilty because I'm inclined to say finish it. Now, Philip was nice enough last time to say, well, you know, I think we ought to wait until David gets here, which was so kind of him. And <laughs> Uh, it, it really was but honestly i mean it, unless something more happens i i think we could probably just finish it i i mean there's this it's a travel log almost uh, let's do it then what do you think erica i want to hear from erica first um i'm okay with finishing it yeah i think reed would be okay with finishing it i think reed would okay uh, would it's agree. not he's read it before yeah, and there's not a there's just not a lot of deep theological stuff going on here that 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 I could see. I'm sure there is. I'm just blind. <sighs> so, if you're blind, uh, David, will you read eleven through twenty two? Sure. After three months, we set sail on a ship which had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria with the twin brothers as figurehead. May I stop and ask who the twin brothers are? Is that, would be that, would that be Remus and Romulus? Uh, I don't know. Okay, putting it at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. And from there we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And one day a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we made it to Puteoli. There we found brethren and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. And the brethren there, when they heard of us, came as far as the Forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came to, into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier that guarded him. Did you say go down to 22? Yes. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews, and when they had gathered, he said to them, Brethren, though I had done nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished me to set me at liberty, because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation." For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. I can see him shaking the chain. And they said to him, we have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brethren coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with regard to the sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. The uh, twin brothers are Castor and Pollux. Uh, from or who? Castor and Pollux, the uh, twins from, uh, I think, the Gemini uh, astrological Oh, sign. okay. Yeah. yeah, I said Remus and Romulus, and I thought, no, wait a minute, it's an Alexandrian boat, and that wouldn't make any sense. Why are they telling well, us it, that? Well, it might make sense, but I mean, you know. Why do you think they're mentioning that there's two, two brothers as figurehead there? What does Castor and Pollock stand for? Going once, going twice. Euler. <laughs> I, I am not up on my Greek mythology. 
Oh, come on. It never really caught me, so I didn't devote like 20 hours in one week to study it and know everything about it by the end of the week. So, so they probably did it because they're considered protectors of ships. That's why. So it's probably an allusion oh. to the fact that even though Paul had faith, it doesn't mean everybody else on board had the same faith. So they chose a boat that was protected. That would be my guess. So Paul arrives, he gets to Rome, and what does he do? He calls together the local leaders of the Jews. Yep, as he is wont to do. He tells them why he's there. Well, I shouldn't say he usually calls them together. He usually goes to a synagogue. Yes. Well, I don't know about And he encounters openness. Yeah. So, shall we hear what he has to say to them? And then this ends. What year, what year are we in? We're in like 48, 2020. 50? Huh? 2020? No, I'm in Paul. He, he, <laughs> he's in like, thank you, Father. This would have been like 48, 50... Uh, 60. Yeah. Earlier than 60s. Because, hold on. I actually had it up earlier. Well, I mean, these are always with these things, there's usually some debate. Yeah. It was written before 64. Um, this particular website has it uh, 60, 63. This says 62 or 64. Yeah. So it's the early 60s. Some people think it's after 70. But. But I think it's earlier. I'm just wondering how far. Because. Josephus is writing in 70. Yeah. The War of 70. So uh -huh. this has got to be before then. Huh. Josephus. So. Two-faced Josephus. They're open to hearing Paul. So shall we hear him? Erica, will you finish us out? Go ahead and read sure. to the end. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers, and he expounded the matter to them from morning till evening, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, while others disbelieved. So, as they disagreed among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, you shall indeed hear, but never understand, and you shall indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are heavy of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should perceive with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn for me to heal them. Let it be known to you, then, that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen." And he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ quite openly and unhindered. So 
And this is the first time I've actually read through all the book of Acts as an adult adult. As in like <laughs> not in college or something. This is a very strange ending. It is. You know, the trajectory, it seems like you're actually going to encounter Caesar. Yeah. But you don't. He's got, he's bound in chains. And yet at the end, (laughs) we're all this time, so much ink spilt on him before making all his defense and like how, you know, and then he gets to Rome and then it's just like, he talks, he hangs out with some Jews, his brethren from Israel and they argue about stuff. And then he says, he's going to get a, a flat in Rome and he hangs out for two years. And when he talks and we, to the Jews, he completely loses like, okay, so, <laughs> he so appeals, what? what happened? <laughs> Obviously he got off. Yeah. And did that soldier stay with him the whole two years? Exactly. I, I, exactly. <laughs> and what just what I what just struck me, Father, was uh, you know going through the whole book of Acts. Here we are again. It's just like he goes to another town. He preaches to the Jews. Some believe and some don't. It's like yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Of course. This is the first time. That's what happens in every town he goes. Is exactly. Some believe, some don't. I you know. But this is, I think this is the first time he uses this verse, though. Oh, and this is an up. interesting, a fascinating way to end things. It is. But it really underlines the transition we saw from the beginning of Acts and Peter and it being from Jerusalem and it's a Jewish uh, centered religion, as it were. I don't like those, I don't, I don't really like the word religion in this context, but, um, and now we have traveled not only to Asia Minor, but we've crossed the sea and we're in Rome and we have Paul Against sounding because Christ uses this, uh, you know, yeah. he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This kind yeah. of um, elusiveness of that seems like something is hidden, or something is not plain. Um, but there are certain people, it seems, or the, the language, you know, there are those who are able to see it, and those who just can't, or who won't. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between can and won't, but but this is how they end, which is basically uh, in verse 28, you know, basically it's Paul saying, I've done all that I possibly could. Uh, some of you will choose and some of you won't. Some will turn to healing from God and others won't. And salvation has uh, been sent to the Gentiles because they'll listen. Something, if I may, something that struck me in these in these uh-huh. verses, is it does not mention the Damascus Road experience. Oh, because that that pops up in his other relating, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, when he finally gets to Rome, he's arguing with them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. He does it, it doesn't it doesn't mention that or it, it, that you know arguing for the Damascus Road experience or it d- doesn't say anything about the serpent grabbing a hold of him and not killing him or any right. other things. Doesn't say anything about miracles or anything else. He's just arguing. All it mentions is him arguing from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Oh. When I think I think that that shows that there is a certain role that miracles has, and I think some people are converted and impressed by miracles, and others will say that's interesting, or you know, Mm -hmm. it's all there's a kind of ambivalence about miracles. What do I mean by that? What I mean is. There's all sorts of claims for miracles throughout all sorts of different um, religions, etc. Um, and if you accept um, 
which I think makes sense. Uh, what Father Andrew Damick and Father Stephen DeYoung have been talking about in their Lord of the Spirits podcast, that if you went to Asclepius or some of these other like Greco-Roman gods, you're basically going to demons uh, and they can do certain things for you. Yeah. They have some kind of power, ability. Um, but that doesn't mean whatever they're doing is necessarily of God or of the kingdom, but they can maybe do some things or see the future, right? Where we, we've already encountered the girl who could, who earned money because she could see the future because she was possessed. Well, on a personal note, I must say that when I read things like that, it makes me this, it makes me feel much better about the amount of time I've invested in and in, 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 over the last several years i have invested a lot of time into studying the old testament and i'm really really glad that i did uh you know and, and here's paul himself arguing for nothing but the law of moses and the prophets uh, it just uh uh the old testament is so vital and it's frankly something something that as a protestant we just we just never talked about we only talked about it in sunday school Right, where the story of Jonah and the whale and and, and, and Noah's Ark, you know, were, were cute kids' stories. Well, uh, I I think this would still be an indictment of a lot of normative Orthodox experience. Yeah, yeah, we don't study Old Testament scriptures that much. Well, we take it for granted. Well, it's really rewarding. It's it is so rewarding. I think it would do, it would do well for us to do something like this walking through the old testament on some books of the old testament yeah well of course i'm you know i'm a fan of father de young but he's not the only one also uh uh genie uh, constantino no farley yeah he does it he would yeah. be doing it more from kind of my ability range <laughs> yeah but he does it like not a phd in uh yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't do any everything, and De Young does a lot more. And De Young's much more of a historian. Uh, so anyhow, so when you start dealing with Old Testament stuff too, you start you start wandering in some very complicated landmines too. It's very uh, very complex stuff. I prefer, and I've read historical critical stuff. I just don't find them to be very. Um, how should I say, convincing and or helpful readings if it were supposed to be primarily reading it as canonical literature um, yeah. shaped by the story of Israel, et cetera, instead of just kind of tearing it apart or just looking at the pieces and being like, oh, this sounds like Ugaritic. And it's like... Yeah, I know. That's probably the reason why I think the church... Not, I, the church, I'll say like Protestant and probably even Roman churches in the West uh, in the past two centuries have lost the ability to read the Old Testament because they don't know how to do anything but make it into an academic text. Or they like the Psalms because, you know, there's no context necessarily for a lot of them. So you can just have, you know, praise, you know, there. I mean, there is a lot of context for the Psalms. I'm just saying it's very easy to pull some verses out of context. Yeah. So well, I, started, I started out historical critical. I think I mentioned that before. I started out a Crossman guy. Uh, well, I didn't start out a Crossman guy. I start. I started out just a, a basic Protestant reading, and 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 then I became a Crossman guy, and I, I fell in love with Crossman's approach. And I learned a lot from Crossman. I learned an awful lot about the cultures of the time. And now, now I'm a de young guy. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I don't mind to admit that I'm a de young guy. And like the, the last episode of Lord of Spirits and that whole thing on giants. Eric, have you been listening to this podcast? I have not. I literally just uh, like subscribe to it though, just so I can uh, understand. Oh, Erica, you're gonna love the giants episode. Okay. It's, of course, it's three hours long. It'll seem like thirty minutes. 
but, but they really sandbagged me on that because it was on Thanksgiving night. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll take an hour and a half, two hours and listen to this. And after two hours and 15 minutes, they're still going on. And I got family here, you know, so I had to finish it up the next day. But, but I thought it was. It was hey, Grandpa, what are you doing? I'm listening about giants. Yeah, and a, <laughs> but it's an amazing podcast. I mean, the, the way they, they, they the, 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 the way the two of them tie it together. And uh, uh, DeYoung is obviously more knowledgeable, but Damick does a wonderful job of questioning. He's a wonderful interviewer and keeps it organized and comprehensible for him. So. Yep. Anyhow, anyhow. Is there anything else that we need to say about the book of Acts here at the end? Well, I want to know what happens. Is there a sequel? Now for the rest of the story. <laughs> Paul Harvey? Yep. Because yeah. Romans is not really a sequel, is it? No, not at all. No. But I think it does underline the basic theological point my my guess is that luke was with paul on this journey and then i bet he didn't stay in rome with paul no. he went on and did his own thing no you get to the end it sounds like he's gone there's, yep. a, there, there's a lot of they or, or we and then all of a sudden it's just paul yep we came to Rome. Paul was allowed to stay by himself. And I think that's the last time he says we. The last few verses are just Paul. Yes. Yes. So we have traveled from Jerusalem to Rome. The kingdom of God in its fullness given at Pentecost. And the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've gone back and forth. Uh, and the journeys of the early church and different uh, leaders from the um, Peter, uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, um, Barnabas and others. Uh, then we came to Paul and then we basically went on a kind of romp around the middle uh, Mediterranean, the Eastern Mediterranean, and then ended up with him coming to Jerusalem, having done all the work that he had with the Gentiles and this major shift that we see that is beginning in the book of Acts that will then continue to shift away from, not that there wasn't Jewish, but the elements that it becomes more and more that Christianity is throughout the empire and, and more Greco-Roman inflected and converts coming from that background etc in the next few centuries so this ending with this kind of gospel illusion here where um basically god has done all that he can through his chosen vessels to speak to the children of israel and now it was time as it had been to as had already been promised in the old testament in jeremiah and the other prophets now salvation would be sent to the gentiles so may i make one more quick comment yeah i mean it struck me as we were reading you know because the jews in rome already knew about this sect close quote yeah and I think it is striking, uh, and that's why I was talking about the, the what year it was, 60, 64, we're talking about right about there, okay? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So what we've done is we have gone from this sect where the leader is dead, and you've got 11 guys huddled in a room with all the door locked, with the doors locked, yep. afraid that they're going to be next. In a mere 30 years in the ancient world, where it takes so much time for word to get around, it's in Rome. I mean, that's just, before Paul gets there, that is just astounding. It was just like wildfire. Just, uh, 
I also think it's interesting that he arrives in Rome in fetters, and he put he he in, at least the book ends with him being completely open and unhindered. Yeah, the path to Rome was in chains and a lot of suffering, and yet once he's there, he's able to freely proclaim the gospel. Yeah. It's just amazing. It all happens so fast. So fast. Very fast. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us in our journey from Jerusalem to Rome. Uh, Next time, we will be led by, I don't know if it will be next week, because I don't know, I wasn't really prepping for this, so maybe it will be a little bit. Um that read will be leading us going through Romans. So thank you all. I'm gonna stop the recording now.